Hey, Joel. What up? Would you say that companies find it hard to attract the right candidates to apply for their jobs? Well, jobs to careers thought so. <laughs> jobs to careers? You mean Talru? Talru? Yeah, Talru. T A L R O O. What is that? Like a cross between talent and a kangaroo? <laughs> no, it's the cross between talent and recruiting. But Talru is focused on predicting, optimizing, and delivering talent directly to your email or ATS. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's totally data-driven talent attraction, which means the Talru platform enables recruiters to reach the right talent at the right time and at the right price. Okay. So that was weirdly intuitive. But yes. Guess what the best part is? <laughs> let me uh, let me take a shot here. You only pay for the candidates Talru delivers. Holy shit. Okay, so you've heard this before. So if you're out there listening in podcast land and you are attracting the wrong candidates, and we know you are, mm-hmm. or you feel like you're in a recruiting hamster wheel and there's just nowhere to go, right? You can go to talru.com slash attract. Again, that's talru.com slash attract and learn how Talru can get you better candidates for less cash. Or just go to chadcheese.com and click on the Talru logo. I'm all about the simple. You are a simple man. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. (laughs) Welcome to the Chad and Cheese podcast, everyone. We have a special guest with us today. I can't believe it took this long to get this cat on the show. Stephen Rothberg, founder of College Recruiter. Stephen, welcome to the show. Coming at us from the great white north, the the state of 10,000 lakes, (laughs) Minnesota. How how are you, as they say here? (laughs) Oh, you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell them what you said when you first uh, got on the call with us before we, we hit record. About the race? No, Heidi, Heidi or something. like. <laughs> or howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. <laughs> we, took a, we took a trip back to 1952. In 1952, I'd already graduated from college. I was well into my career. I was approaching retirement. <laughs> there we go. There it is. Very nice. Tip so, your waitresses, everybody. Uh, yeah, he'll, he'll be here all week. <laughs> <laughs> so Stephen is here with a uh, a big announcement from uh, Google Cloud API. Not yet, is that not yet, is that not yet. Don't is do that it what yet. they're calling it, though? Because they change the name every week. <laughs> is it still Google Cloud API, Google Job? Google Cloud Talent Solutions. There it is. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm glad I asked. Yeah. So a big announcement, but before that... Yes. Steven has been using the search API, uh, I guess, since it was launched or really soon thereafter. And you have had a, quite a bit of experience with it. So we want to know about uh, your take on it, um, how it's benefited your organization, how it's improved search, uh, what exactly it is for people who don't know. Tell us about it. Well, wait, wait a second. Before we get there, though, because everybody listening, it, it, we've been talking about why 
Google or why use somebody else, right? The whole Trojan horse thing. And I think that's a, a good question right out of the gate. It's like, Stephen, why did you choose to go the Google route first? And then I, I definitely want to talk about stats, but why did college recruiter after years, uh, hell, probably over a decade, right? Of having your own tech and all that other fun stuff. Why did you choose to uh, get on the Google boat? Yeah, quite, um, quite simply, um, it dates back to, I think it was uh, roughly June two, 2017, where Google announced um, what's now called Google Hire, their ATS, mm -hmm. Google for Jobs, which is the search that, that happens when you go to um, Google, and then also what's now called uh, Google Talent, Cloud Talent Solutions. <laughs> it, those announcements kind of all happened right around the same time, and when we looked at the cost of providing um, our own search, the, the building it, the maintaining it for a pretty small organization or even a large organization, it's like we're never going to be better at search than mm -hmm. Google, mm -hmm. right? So our customers on the employer side, not a single one of them is going to ever say, we're going to post this job or these thousand jobs to college recruiter because they've got great search, right? They're, they're coming to us to help them hire people. Right. How we do that, they don't really care about. Um, so we felt that we could actually save money and get better mm -hmm. results if we partnered with Google um, and used their API for, for search to basically re replace the search on our homepage and on the interior pages with their technology so we're, the data, the jobs themselves are coming from our employers, from our database, but the actual search technology, the algorithms, that's coming from Google. Okay. And what were some immediate benefits that you saw? So we were um, an alpha partner. We were one of the first sites to sign with them. Um, we launched during the beta phase um, a little over a year ago in January 2018. Um, one of the first benefits that we saw prior to the launch that quite frankly um, really surprised me was that we were dealing with people. Um, it wasn't just like a tech support email address and here's the API and go figure it out. They were actual real live people that were accountable, that were our primary points of contact um, at Google. Um, and that's continued to today. Um, I'm amazed that an organization like that has managed to make this a personal experience um, on, on, you know, on the development side, on the customer service side. That's really important to us um, to be to know that if we have an issue, if we have a suggestion, that we know who to reach out to, and that they respond uh, intelligently and promptly. You know, we don't just get back a copy and paste template um, like we do with, with some vendors or some former vendors, yeah. I should say. Um, another big benefit that we saw um, immediately upon going live was a reduction in the number of hours that we're spending on maintaining and developing our own search. Um, so we reduced the number of developer hours uh, by about 50%, five zero. Now, was that in-house or did you have a vendor for that? We were doing it in-house. 
So we have okay. in-house developers, um, several of them that depending upon the issue, one person might work on it, another person might work on it. But on a combined right, basis, right. about 50% less developer staff time. I also just found out this morning um, from our customer service team that we went from having about uh, or an average of about two job seekers a week emailing us or calling us to question the results. Why am I seeing these results? I can't figure out how to run a good search, that type of stuff. Uh And since we went live, we've had one. So since you've for 14 months yeah. and, and not to mention, I mean, that's too weak of people that are actually so frustrated that they're taking the time to email you that, that that's not even really pulling in all the people who didn't even have the time. They just ejected because they had a bad experience. Right. It, absolutely. If you come to a job search site and you run a search and you get back results that just they don't make sense to you, yeah. you're going to say, screw it. And, you know, and, and, you know and I'm going to go over to some other site. And they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. There's lots of choice. Um, yeah. and, you know, if we're not delivering a good experience right away, you know, then they should be done with us and they should move on. So are, are they also driving the email notifications? So, you know, like obviously the email notifications historically have uh, driven a ton of traffic to pretty much any job board or job site that's out there, but they're all predicated on obviously Boolean, which was incredibly frustrating because, you know, it, it just didn't work as well. Are mm-hmm. you are you using that to drive the search behind email notifications? to ensure that the individuals who are getting those emails are getting more relevant jobs as well? We're not, but we're doing something pretty similar to what you're thinking. So we've actually been um, shamefully on us. We've been without a good job match alert email product for the better part of the last year. And, And believe me, it's a glaring weakness on our end. It's about to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, we're about to go live um, with a, um, a sort of a combination job match alert email with content from our blog, YouTube channel, et cetera, sort of wrapped into a weekly e-newsletter. Um, the technology is that we're going to be using uh, comes from an, um, another vendor that's going to use AI to determine your um, the, the, the correct jobs, the correct non-job content uh, to send to you based upon your geographic location, um, also your on-site search history and behavior, and your behavior in opening the emails and which jobs you click on. So it will essentially learn um, who you are and what you do, quite similar to when you go to Amazon and you search on you know, a tent and it comes back and it says, people who searched on this also searched on these things, tent poles, canteens. And then every once in a while, you'll get something really weird, like the floor mats for your car. It's like, what the hell does that have to do with a tent? <laughs> well, if you've ever gone camping in the rain, you know that you need that. Um, and so Amazon sometimes will come up with some bizarre recommendations on the surface, but then when you think about it a little bit more, they make sense. So one of the reasons that we chose not to use the Google Cloud Talent Solutions for the email product is the cost. Um, It would, um, every single day that you send one of those emails to every single candidate, that would be a search. 
and you pay per search. Right. So we decided to go this other route that it's a flat fee per month. What we are using Google Cloud Talent Solutions for that is somewhat similar to what you're thinking are um, push notifications, browser push notifications. So when you come to our site and you say allow, yes, I want to get, get a push notification when there's a new job or, or blog article that might be of interest mm-hmm. to me, then we use CTS, Google Cloud Talent Solutions, to identify the job to send to you. Um, and so each one of those is a search. Stephen, I'm curious, uh, did you find the speed uh, of searches improve greatly? And what did you see in regards to maybe uh, the number of page views on the site? Were people engaged for a longer time period because because you're using Google's improved search engine? Yeah, the speed, um, I don't have those numbers at my fingertips, but I'll... I'll I guess the way I can answer that is that our our search was lightning fast before we went over Mm -hmm. to Google. So any speed improvement, I think, would not have been noticeable to the user. Um, We rebuilt our site about four years ago, and the benchmark that we used was Indeed. Um, If a job seeker could go to Indeed and run a search and get their, you know, 10,422 matches, and that took, you know, so many milliseconds, that was the bar that we set for our development team. And, and they exceeded that. So if, it, if it's fast enough for Indeed's audience, it's fast enough for ours. Um, so I don't think that that's been, um, even if we are faster, I don't think that there's been mm-hmm. a benefit there to, to the user. But the results um, have far surpassed our expectations. Let's talk about those. Let's talk about the stats. Let's talk about the results. As you it take a look at it. was until you interrupted No, him. no, no. I want him to actually get into <laughs> stats, real stats. So, so for all those that are out there. So yeah, get into the stats. I mean, so so obviously speed wasn't something that, that you noticed, which is awesome. But what did you notice? Give us hard numbers on, on yeah. uh, time on the site or whatever it might be. Yeah, so um, Google asked us to pull together some numbers for a case study that they that they just published. If you want, I can give you give the URL now or later um, for people who want to sort of get more details. But in the, there were four primary numbers that that we looked at. Um, one was the time on site. Yes. How long does the average visitor spend on College Recruiter now, as compared to prior to January 2018 when we went live? So the answer to that is five percent longer time. Now that doesn't sound like a lot, and when I saw that, it's like, well, that's that's nice. That's not great. But what that's led to is twenty five percent more searches. That's yeah, nice. yeah, that is that is very nice. Right? That's great. And that um, that's led to twenty percent more what we call job detail views. That's uh-huh. somebody who goes from running a search to the job search results page, the page that shows you the 10 results, right. clicking on one of those jobs to then read the full job description on our site. So we're getting 20% more of those. Because they're finding exactly what they're looking for versus before when they were frustrated as hell and they just ejected. Bingo, right? You run a search and now the 10 results that come back to you, rather than maybe one or two being a good fit, uh-huh. now it's probably seven or eight. And so if you get seven or eight good matches, you're going to click on at least one of them. Um, And what that's also led to is that the quality of the people, the match is, is greatly improved 242% increase in our KPI in our key performance indicator, which are what we call apply clicks. How many people read a posting on our site 
and then click the apply button to go over to the employer's ATS to apply. That's up 242%. Say, say that again. What is yeah. up? 200 and what? 242%. So, <laughs> Holy shit. So I, think, I think that when we first got um, a, a good handle on what this Cloud Talent Solutions product was and the benefits to the customer, to the job board or the ATS, um, I think Tarquin Clark, who I, I know you guys know very well, he delivered a presentation at the JobGate um, North American Job Board Summit in June. I think it was 2017. Yeah, uh, might have been July, but it was right around that time when they were rolling out these products. And CareerBuilder was a very early adopter. Mm-hmm. CareerBuilders, I think yeah. their equivalent number a year, almost two years ago, I think it was something like 17% increase. It was something like that, which is huge. Yeah. I mean, just for turning on a piece of technology, that's a huge lift. 242%. When we yeah. saw that, I mean, we almost dropped a load in our pants. <laughs> so are our customers happier and, and paying yeah. you more money? Yeah, absolutely. So um, something that's happened in parallel, not because of Google, but it's definitely made it a lot easier for us, is that um, two years ago, we were almost exclusively a duration-based site, meaning that employers would pay to run a job or a 1,000 jobs for 30 days, or they might sign a six-month contract or 12-month contract, and and what they paid was fixed. Now, almost all of our customers are performance-based. Virtually all of them pay per click. So when we're sending 242% more clicks to employers then that revenue goes up by 242%. Well, there, there's your business case, kids. <laughs> you're saving money and you're making more money. Yeah. And the other thing that... I bet, I bet Faith, your wife, likes oh, that, yeah. right? So, so my wife, who's also our CEO, so as our kids put it, we've got the right boss at home and we've got the right boss at work. Um, <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm here till Thursday. Um, the... The developer time saving um, to uh, and to a lesser extent, the customer service time saving that allowed us to complete that migration from duration to performance based far faster because we had an extra 10 hours or so of developer time a month to spend on migrating our technology. And, and also then we had more customer service time to spend migrating our customers. So all of that, which has just been really, really critical to our success, happened a lot faster because we didn't have to worry about the search. Well, anymore. not to mention you, your, your expertise is not in search. What, what is your expertise again, Stephen? <laughs> the, the, the thing that I'm the best at, um, and, and I should get a t-shirt for this, I think, I think it was Joel's idea, is, is being a social media whore. Oh, okay. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that, especially these days. So, okay, so I'm getting antsy. I'm getting antsy. Can we start talking about announcements now? Can we do that? In the news. Yeah. So there, there are um, two big announcements that um, our friends over at Google um, gave me permission to kind of allow um, the, the announcements to, to come on the, the Chad and Cheese podcast, which I'm sure you guys are happy about. One of them is actually yeah. live. I love that they send a surrogate on the show. They decided that they wanted the 
news to take the um, precedent over the speaker. And so they looked for a speaker that nobody would care about. Um, So I will speak to them now. So one of, one of the features is live now, um, and I actually just found out about it um, a day or two ago. Um, as you might recall, I think it was last summer, Google just sort of announced, hey, by the way, Johnson & Johnson, Career Builder, you know, any site using cloud talent solutions, college recruiter, if you go to those sites and you type in the military code um, for the, the occupation in, in the military, you're going to automatically see the equivalent civilian code. And, and it's been pretty good from what I've heard from people. Nah, let's not get into, let's not get into that. Yeah, there are some yeah, problems, nah. but there are definitely some codes like for an, a mechanic in the military is going to line up very well on the civilian side. Um, yeah. But that was a feature that Google just ruled out. And it was like, surprise yeah. to, a, you know, to, to its customers, surprise, this is live. Nice new yeah. benefit. You're not paying anything for it. Uh, mm-hmm. anything extra for it. They just did that with, with language support. So for a long time, you've been able to go to a web page that might be in Spanish and Google will pop up a message um, if you're using Chrome at least and basically say, do you want to see this in English? And you can say yes and you can say always translate pages or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great mm-hmm. if your first language is Spanish and you're on a job detail page, the page that has the whole job description, you can then understand what that position is like, um, that the requirements, et cetera. But to get to the job detail page to begin with, you have to be able to run a search on a site like ours mm-hmm. in English because the postings are in English. So if Spanish is your first language and English is your second language, therefore you're bilingual, therefore you're a candidate that most employers salivate over, you can't find their job posting on College Recruiter because you probably don't have enough of a command of the English language, or you might not, in order to put in the correct keywords, especially if it's Boolean and your search is dumb, like ours was, um, before using Google. Now... Um, I was just shown this a couple, uh, yesterday by Google. If you go to College Recruiter or any of the other CTS sites and you type in a word like Ventus, Spanish for sales, and then put in your location and hit search, all of the sales positions, all of the relevant sales positions on College Recruiter will come up, even if they do not include the word Ventus. So about, yeah, about cool. 10% of um, of students in um, elementary, middle school, high school, et cetera, are um, ELLs, um, or English language learners, meaning that their first language is not, the first language is not mm-hmm. English. Almost all of those are going to be bilingual. Some of them are going to have stronger English skills than other. But if your first language is Croatian or Japanese or Spanish, you're going to feel comfortable using that language to run a job search. Now, if you're fluent in English, you'll probably just run a a search in English. But if you're not fluent, if you're merely bilingual, then typing in keywords in your primary language is going to lead you to better results. That's going to be the preferred way of searching. Um, And I think that this is going to be a real door opener for candidates who are otherwise extremely well qualified. I mean, think of like a part-time retail job in a city like Los Mm -hmm. Angeles or San Antonio, where there's such a large population 
of uh, people who's, who barely speak English. Now, you know, if, if a bank can hire a teller who has very strong Spanish language skills to work at their branch in Los Angeles, that's great for the bank. It's great for the candidate. It's great for the customer. So just visually for me, so in your search box, I put in a Spanish word mm-hmm. and it, it will, the results will still be in English. It won't auto translate the results for me, but it will sync up that those keywords to what the English equivalent is. Is that, am I, am I visually that correctly or does That's it? Exactly right. But now picture yourself as somebody whose first language is Spanish. And so you've set your Chrome browser to mm-hmm. default to Spanish. If you were to run that same search again, you would get a little pop-up from Chrome saying, this page looks like it's in English. Would you like me to translate this to Spanish? So and it syncs up. say yes. And then, this, yep. and then that's not anything to do with Cloud Talent Solutions. That's not anything to do with, with College Recruiter. That's kind of another group over at Google, the, the Google Translate cool. team. Now, have you, have you, from a user's perspective, added in your search window like – uh, Spanish search available or whatever the Spanish equivalent would that, that would be? Have, have you let users know that they can search in other languages? Um, we found out about it yesterday. Um, I'm, I'm a activator. We've got some developers that are even more so. They get a shit mm-hmm. ton of stuff done every day, but we're not that fast. Are you planning any sort of marketing campaign to, let's say, Spanish-speaking um Prospects. I kind of feel like I should be paying a consulting fee to Joel. Don't, don't, I mean, uh, That's everybody listening. Everybody listening to this podcast should just send us blank checks. Yes, that's the way that it should work. So let's talk about number two: commute search. <laughs> there have been a few um, job boards that have um, done a bit of a mashup where they've sort of mixed in Google's commute search so that candidates can say, "Oh, okay, I see this job." And I can see the location of it. Employers rarely include a street address or even a zip mm-hmm. code with their postings. So the best you usually have is the employer name, city, and state. Um, and and I, I, I think it's all about that there's, there are way too many highly qualified candidates out there in this economy. And so <laughs> we just really want to keep those people away um, because there's no other rational reason for it. Um, sar- hashtag sarcasm. But uh, <laughs> what's three now, I think? I think I should have little check marks going. Um, can, what we are going live with, and the other big um, announcement that uh, is, is coming through the podcast is, enha- is enhanced commute search. So now when you go to College Recruiter and you run that search, alongside the search results that here are the 10 jobs that match your interests, you're going to see a map. And that map will have a pin for each one of those 10 locations. And you can then change your search defaults and you can say, here's my address. It might be where your apartment is. It might be the location of your last class of the day. Show me only the jobs that are within, say, a 10-minute walk or a 30-minute bicycle ride. And then the search results will update and the pins will update. And so you can then forget about having to look at a hundred different retail jobs to figure out Mm -hmm. which ones are within a 10 minute walk. And instead Google will show that to you. 
Um, one of the things that most job boards do very, very well, if they have any kind of commute search option, is distance. They'll say that the distance between your, your location and this job's location is a mile. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're in downtown San Francisco at 5 p.m., it takes you about 45 minutes to go a mile in, in a car <laughs> or a lucky. bus. If yeah, if if you're yeah, if you're lucky, and if you've got dirty Harry beside you, um, at 9 p.m. you can get from downtown San Francisco over the Bay Bridge into Oakland in that same amount of time. So it really is irrelevant to most job seekers what the distance is between them and the employer. What they want to know is. How long will it take me to get there by walking, by bicycle, by public transportation, by car at the day and time that I'm going to be working? That's that's really hard, though, because, I mean, for for years, uh, companies, they, they never had their physical location in their actual job posting itself. And you need data to be able to go by that. And what we used to do was we would do city center. And that's all we could do, right? Because we didn't have any additional information with regard to uh, to, to location. So, are, I mean, are, are you seeing Google attributing uh, locations and trying to kind of fuzzy math it? Or, I mean, are companies actually starting to push that data into their jobs so that you can better understand what a commute would look like? So, no and no. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> I do think that more and more employers, as they become aware of this issue, will start to include um, street address or at least a frickin' zip code um, in, into their postings. Um, today, some employers are doing that. Most are not. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Such the, an asshole. Google is, does a very good job of identifying a, um, an employer's location or a shop's location just by putting in the name of the uh, company and the city and state. Um, and then just through Google Maps, you can get that data. So what what we're doing, um, uh, Mike Wilbanks, who's our vice president of product development, mm-hmm. um, is doing this. He's basically working on an enhancement to our, our implementation of commute search. So that when we do not have the street address um, and or zip code, he's basically looking that up in a fully automated way, of course, looking that up on Google Maps, mm-hmm. grabbing the address and zip code, and then feeding it over to commute search. So we're building that behind the scenes. Um, remember early in the conversation when I told you that they're real people at Google and they really listen to our suggestions? This is one of the suggestions we've yeah. made. Um, I don't know if there's been any kind of a, uh, positive feedback from them, a commitment that, hey, you know, give us a month or two and you'll see that feature. But um, knowing the people who are working on cloud talent solutions and how they interact well with other um, groups at Google, I have to believe that this is coming. Um, that's just me. So I know when I think about geolocation and geotargeting, I, I think of mobile um, is it your is it your understanding that this will also be available for say laptops that have a, a GPS within it? And what kind of user uh, user numbers do you have uh, mobile versus sort of traditional desktop or laptop? Yeah, so we our site can identify your location if you're on mobile, um, and then we use that 
data, um, or if you're just on a desktop, you know, through your Wi-Fi network, we can see where you are. We then use that for your default location. If you're on your mobile, we're going to default to wherever your mobile is. Um, in terms of mobile users, when we relaunched our site about four years ago, um, we went from a typical site, which was the best word to describe it would have been horrifying on a mobile, um, to responsive design, which is not perfect, but it's a quantum leap forward or was a quantum leap forward. Um, are the percentage of our mobile users went from 15 to 55%. Whew. With, and, and, and we didn't see drop-off in desktop users. Huh. The desktop users, was that was more or less flat. So the people who were using our site, using laptops and desktops, we, they kept using our site. Mm-hmm. What was different was is that rather than somebody coming to our site on a mobile, seeing how awful it was, right. bailing and never coming back again, and probably telling 5,000 of their closest friends, <laughs> for God's sake, do not go to College Recruiter on a mobile, <laughs> now they can come to our site and they can have a decent experience. Are you still seeing growth in mobile or has it kind of plateaued? It's plateaued. Yeah, we've, we've been at that 50 to 55% number for, for several years now. One of the big problems with mobile is, is that last mile problem. They can come to our site, they can run a search, they can register, they can upload a resume through you know, LinkedIn or, or whatever. Um, or if, if they're on certain phones and they can easily store a file, like I think Android phones are supposed to be pretty easy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, iPhones, it's, it's pretty terrible. But uh, they can do all of that on a mobile. But when they, as soon as they hit that apply button and they go over to the ATS, um, it, it, for most employers, again, they've done a really, really good job of making it as difficult as possible for people to apply. Um, a lot of employers will sort of poo-poo that and say, oh, well, we have that button right there, apply with LinkedIn. Only 1.5% of young adults, 15 to a think it's 34 years of of age. So basically Gen Z and Gen Y. Use LinkedIn use LinkedIn on, <laughs> use LinkedIn on a monthly basis. Yeah. So if they're not even using LinkedIn on a monthly basis, it's only 1.5% of them. The likelihood of those people using LinkedIn to apply to a job on your ATS is really really low. Well, Stephen, we appreciate your time. We know you're a busy guy. You heard the uh, announcement here first, kids. Uh, Stephen, for those who want to know more about you and or your company, where should they go? Yeah, no sweat. So collegerecruiter.com um, is our domain. Feel free to email me, Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, at collegerecruiter.com. Um, anybody who wants to read the case study about, um, from uh, Google, they can go to www.com collegerecruiter.com slash Google case study. Beautiful. Fair enough. The Google train keeps on trucking. Love it. Chad, we We out. out. Hi, I'm Tristan. Thanks for listening to my stepdad, the Chad and his goofy friend cheese. You've been listening to the Chad and cheese podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google play, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you don't miss out on all the knowledge dropping that's happening up in here. They made me say that. The most important part is to check out our sponsors because I need new track spikes. You know, the expensive shiny gold pair that are extra because, well, I'm extra. For more, visit chatcheese.com.
The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.